Praise the Lord, church. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here this morning. I want to thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to speak to everyone. I believe God, God is not done yet. I believe he's been moving out through, throughout this place, throughout this morning, and I believe he still is going to do something incredible as we go forward. So I want to turn uh, our attention to the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. And it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit. We must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will, they'll be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So for the next few moments uh, this morning, I want to preach from the subject, comfortable in the garden. Comfortable in the garden. So at the age of 15, you know, a person, they will receive their permit. They, re, they have this opportunity. And I remember it was, it was the greatest thing ever receiving my permit. The first time I could finally drive, I could finally get uh, behind the wheel. It's awesome. But my very first time driving was actually pretty crazy. Uh, we were here. It was, it was actually out of this church parking lot. Um, my mom was with me. I don't know. Maybe she remembers this. I remember this very clearly. Uh, so we're in the parking lot, and we're, uh, we're about to drive out onto the little side road. Uh, and the whole point was to make it to Denny's parking lot. That's what I needed to do. I just needed to get to Denny's parking lot. She said, Brendan, you'll need to make that left right before the light. Not at the light, but right before the light. You'll make that left, go down the side road, the little, little side road, and go into the Denny's parking lot. We'll switch. It'll be awesome. This is a great first-time experience. It's awesome. So I'm thinking, yeah, I got this. No problem. This is easy. But I'm super nervous. Uh, I have all this adrenaline rushing through my veins. You know, th there's this part of me that just wants, I just want to floor it. I just want to step on the pedal and just go. But I do know that if I do that, I will crash um, because I don't know how to drive. So I just keep a regular pace, nothing crazy. I just have to remember that the left turn, I got to turn left into Denny's parking lot. And so as I'm pulling up, you know, we're, we're going down the road. As I'm pulling up, I can see the turn. It's coming in sight. I know I need to do this. But then all of a sudden, I see there's cars stopped ahead at the stoplight. And so I'm thinking, okay, why are these cars stopped? And then I look up, and I was like, oh, because it's a red light. Well, at a red light, you know, I know that I need to stop. Okay. So now if these cars are stopped, I know I need to slow down because I don't want to hit the cars. And, and look over there. There's the highway. I don't want to go to the light because if I go to the light, then, then I'm going to get on the, hi or, or the highways right there. And I'm way too scared to get on the highway. I know I will not, we won't make it if I, if I get onto the highway. So I can't do that. And all these thoughts are racing through my mind as the left turn approaches. 
And my mom at this point is yelling, Brendan, turn, make the turn. And I'm thinking, why are you yelling at me? Just chill out. And I got this. It's okay. I know I got to stop at the red light. I'm not, I haven't even hit a curb yet. And just when I finally realize what my mom is saying and why she's yelling at me, uh, there goes the left turn that I was supposed to make. There's a green light, cars are going, and I am pulling out into the main uh, service road traffic crossing the light. See, my goal was just to turn into that Denny's parking lot. And the next thing I knew, I was crossing over the highway. I'm scared out of my mind. My mom is scared out of her mind because I'm behind the wheel. This is the first time I'm driving. so. But I'm here to testify this morning that we did make it. I didn't crash. I just pulled over into the Arby's parking lot. I made it. See, I knew I, where I needed to be, but I just got a little distracted. For a moment, I just got distracted. 2018, Aline Hallsworth wrote an article on the dangers of driving distracted. And this article she wrote was specifically dealing with texting and driving for all the young people. Over 90% of crashes, she said, are the fault of drivers. And the most frequent driver mistake is recognition error, which encompasses driver's inattention, internal and external distractions, and inadequate surveillance. In other words, she said, most crashes are not caused by the flagrantly intoxicated people, nor that aggressive driver who will do whatever it takes to make it to their destination just one minute earlier. And then they get stopped at the red light. And then you look over at them and wave and say, was it worth it? <laughs> but she said, most crashes are caused by people like you and me who think they can pay attention to the road and do something else at the same time. And when it comes to texting and driving, she said, what, what happens when you do this is it fully switches your attention. Not only are your thoughts not thinking about what's ahead, but now your eyes are away from the road because you're paying attention to your phone. And, and she also added, for, for those that, that, that think they can text and drive, and they don't have to look at their phone, they've memorized the keypad, and so then they're just like, they're, they're kind of like doing one of these things and just, just texting, and what happens is your thoughts are still away from, your eyes are looking at the road, but your thoughts are away. You know, uh, you know you are driving, but the reality is, is that you are perceiving what you think is ahead of you. you the reality is you have no idea where you are driving in that specific moment because you're distracted. You're just perceiving what you think is in front of you. Meanwhile, your thoughts are focused on the text message. See, Adam and Eve, they had it perfect. They had a perfect life. They got free food, no house payments, no debt. Dave Ramsey would be so happy. Every kind of pet you could imagine. They own all the property. Uh, they got no crazy neighbors, no property lines to deal with. Everything is theirs. And God said for Adam, you can rule over this stuff. And so we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God, God, he commands Adam to do something. He says that God placed Adam in the garden to take care of it. 
That was what he was supposed to do, take care of the garden. And then in the next uh, two verses, verse 16 and 17, God gives Adam specific instructions to eat of every tree. He says, you can have all these trees, but then we see in verse 17, he says, but this one over here, just don't eat it. Okay, that one all the way over there, just don't, don't eat anything of that. Don't even touch it because you'll die. It's simple. Just don't eat it and you won't die. But then as we read, it's funny because the next verse, uh, verse 18, God's thinking, you know what? There's no way this dude is going to be able to do this. Okay, so he says it's good for him not to be alone. He needs someone to help him. It's like, I'm going to make Eve because there's no way he's going to be able to do this. He needs someone to keep him in line. And so you have, you have two people in harmony, literally created for each other. God made them specifically for each other. But God had given them this command of not eating a specific tree. He said, you can have all these other foods, just don't eat this one thing. And yet we find Adam and Eve in our main text disregarding the command of the Lord. They became distracted. They knew what God had commanded them not to do. God had said, that what God had actually told them was take care of the garden. That's what they were supposed to do. And along the way, of course, there may be some things that you probably shouldn't do because you'll die. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to put some boundaries here for you for your protection. Yet we find them at a point of giving in to the lies of Satan. And at this point, I, I feel like it's safe to say that, that we all believe the devil is a liar. Yeah, the devil's a liar. Scripture shows that he's deceitful. He will trick us. Uh, anything that involves Satan is just not good for us. And so we set off on our Christian journey. And, and we're on fire. We're ready to hear God's voice. Ready to do whatever it takes. Ready to follow him. Yet, we find ourselves along the journey at times caving into the lies of the enemy. We find ourselves losing sight of the main reason why we are even here on this earth. And that's to enhance the kingdom of God. But why? Because we become distracted. See, Satan, he is a smart individual. Now, I'm not saying he has power over us. I don't believe that at all. He does not have power of us, but he is smart. We can't get distracted. I believe the, the kingdom of God will continually move forward. No matter if you're ready or if you're not, he will use, God will use anyone, anyone, and Satan knows this. So he will do everything he can to distract you enough to either, till you get to the point where you fall away or you're just kind of just, you're just standing still where you are. And so there, there's a couple of ways that we can get distracted. First one I want to talk about this morning is we, uh, is we become too busy. When we become distra distracted, it's because we become too busy. And we get to the point where we're too busy that we really don't recognize who really God is. So as we get older, and, and if, you know, uh, people who are uh, aged older than me... Uh, have some, we have some sense of what happens in life. For those that are younger, you will learn. But 
as we get older, we take on more responsibilities. We go to school. We learn how to drive. We learn how to work. We move out, hopefully, and live on our own. We have to figure out how to make enough money to live. You know, we, we have to provide for ourselves. And then if you're married, you have to provide, help provide for your spouse. Just how it works. And then we're trying to make time for family. Whether you're single or you're married, you want to make time for family and friends. That's just the way of life. And then if you have kids, that is just a beautiful chaos in itself. <laughs> but, but you have kids, and so you have to raise your children. Life gets busy. And what happens is we get so busy that we begin to not recognize who God really is. We get so distracted with life that we stop making time for God because we forget who he is. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, Martha, she, Jesus was coming to her house and Martha is preparing for Jesus. She's cleaning the house, making sure food is ready, making sure everything is swept. Everything is tidy up because, of course, dinner won't make itself. Okay, the dishes won't clean themselves. The, the floor won't sweep itself. Someone has to do that. And so in this moment, she turns to Jesus and she says, don't you care about me? Have you not been seeing what I've been doing this whole time? And have you been watching Mary? She's not doing anything. She's just literally sitting around. And I'm over here just working as hard as I can for you. Come on. You got to do something for me. Just go tell her to help me out. She gets a little demanding with Jesus. And so Jesus calmly, he turns to her. He says in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42, he says, Martha, you're worrying about all these things. You're being troubled about so many things. But really, there's only one thing that you need. There's only one thing that is needful. And Mary has chosen that. And so, no, I'm not going to do what you've asked. See, Martha, she gets so distracted with the things of life that she forgets who has actually walked into her house, that the healer was there, that the deliverer was there, the way maker was there. God was literally sitting in the same place as her. We cannot get so distracted that we forget who God really is. We cannot be so distracted by life that even sometimes when we come into church, we, we forget that God is here and we become complacent. We become distracted by these outward things. And we can say things like, you know, I know it's another service. And I, I know God, I know he will show up because he always does. But it's been a long week already. I feel like I, I haven't had a break. Uh, tomorrow is another busy day. The kids have sports. I have to, I got to take them to the sports. I'm feeling like I'm running on fumes. So today I'm just, I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to take some me time. While, while God is saying the entire time, just one moment in my presence can give you peace. Just one moment in my presence can give you a refreshing. We must not become so distracted that we forget who God is and what he can do. Because ultimately, when we forget that, we usually stop showing up. So we can't become distracted by becoming too busy for God. The second way we can become distracted 
is when we become too comfortable. Too comfortable in our walk with God and too comfortable in the house of God. I've, I have a hard time, when we're looking at our main text, I have a hard time thinking that Eve risked it all in one moment. Now the Bible, the Bible doesn't say this, okay, so, but, but, but I'm convinced that she just got comfortable. She got comfortable with where she was at. Comfortable enough to say, you know, I'm good right here. I'm good right where I'm at. I've got the presence of God. You know, he walks through, you know, I talk to him, you know, every day here and there. I'm comfortable. Everything is all right. God's prepared this place for us. I know there's that, that tree thing. I shouldn't go by. I shouldn't eat of it. But I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm comfortable in the garden. And so Satan, Satan starts poking a little. Well, what about that tree, he says. Yeah, yeah I mean, God, God he told us not, not to eat of that tree. Satan's like, well, well why, why that tree? Why, why just that one? Eve's like, well, I, I don't really know. I mean, God just told me. He's, I, he's God. He knows everything. So Satan's like, well, well I know. I mean, I understand that. But why would he keep that from you? Well, why? And, and Eve's like, well, he said, because we would die. I don't want to die. I want to live. And Satan's like, really? God would kill you? The creator of you, he's actually, you, you think he's actually going to do that? And, and so Eve's like, yeah, well, I mean, he does take care of us. And then she starts to think. Her thoughts start to change. So, so I guess, this is what I'm, I'm picturing. I guess, well, you know, why would he put that in the garden if he didn't want us to eat it? And Satan's like, that's what I'm saying, girl. That's what I mean. Why would he do that? God is the creator, so trust me. He won't kill you. Just try it. And here's the thing. The Bible doesn't say this, but I can imagine this conversation. You can ask for forgiveness later. See, the enemy caught her standing still. Caught her being comfortable with where she at. Eve got comfortable in the garden. See, the enemy would love for us to get comfortable right where we are. To think that because we are going to church, because we worship when everyone else is worshiping, that we're good, we've made it. To think that, yes, because we go to church, but the enemy knows that he doesn't have power over you. And so he can't force you to, to walk away from God. But he says, if I can just, if I can just get them to be complacent, then they won't reach out to that struggling family member that needs my help. If I can just get them to get a little comfortable with where they are, they'll forget of why God actually sacrificed his life on the cross for them, why he died on the cross. They'll be so complacent in the thought that God died for just them. And now they don't have to do anything because of course, the scripture says his grace is sufficient enough. And yes, I believe his grace is absolutely sufficient. It's more than enough. But God does not want us to stop right there. God does not want us to get comfortable. Because Satan is saying, if I can just distract them just enough, maybe they'll stand still. Maybe they will wander around in the church, kind of lose their purpose of why they're even there. Maybe if they wander, 
They'll get caught up in just trying to put a check through the Christian boxes. And if they stand still just long enough, their coworker will miss out on the opportunity of knowing who God is, getting their miracle. Sanctuary family, I am here to tell you this morning that we cannot get comfortable in the garden. We can't become so comfortable that we get distracted and that we lose sight of what God has commissioned us to do. The musicians can come. I'm going to be coming to a close this morning. God has given our pastor direction for his church. I'm here this morning to say that we are going to have to get a little uncomfortable as we move in that direction. And sometimes being uncomfortable may mean giving up your seat for someone else who's new, for a visitor. Because it isn't enough to keep this gospel to ourselves. See, there is a dying world out of these four walls that need real, genuine Christians. Not Christians that are complacent with where they are, but who are striving every day for a deeper relationship, a deeper commitment to God. They don't need a hyphen-aged member that just clocks in on a Sunday morning, that clocks in on a Wednesday night, that maybe twice a year will do some overtime on a Saturday event. They, God is needing someone more than just someone being comfortable. We can't get comfortable in the garden. We can't get comfortable in the blessings of God. God is moving this church in a direction of teaching home Bible studies on a Thursday night. We can't be too busy. God is moving this church in a direction where the youth are going to be starting P7 clubs and, and speaking to every kid in the school on a Tuesday morning. We can't stay comfortable. The enemy would love to distract you. He would love to distract us. Because if we're distracted, we stand still. And if we stand still, we become stagnant. And God has not called this church, he has not called his church to become stagnant, but to move forward. Pastor said it perfectly when he said that we must be others focused and being others focused will push us out of our comfort zone. So I wanna ask you all to stand this morning as the singers get ready. Church, it's time to clear the distractions. It's time to say, I'm not gonna jump on Facebook in the morning, but instead I'm gonna dive into the word of God because I can't be distracted. It's time to say, I think instead of watching that movie at night, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fast and pray because for direction because I can't be distracted. I can't become comfortable in the garden. I can't be comfortable where I'm at. I'm talking to a mom and dad who's decided to say enough is enough. We're gonna start a family prayer every single night. I'm talking to an elder in the church that says, I'm tired of seeing young people, hyphen age people walk away. I'm gonna show them what it's like to live a Christ-like life because I can't become comfortable. I'm here, I'm talking to a young person this morning 
that's ready to go on a 40-day social media fast because they say, I have to be so spiritually in tune with what God wants to do because I'm going to be teaching Bible studies. I'm going to be teaching P7 Club, and I can't be distracted. I'm here to talk to the mom this morning that has been praying time and time again for their prodigal son. It's time to say that's a future prodigal right there. God is going to do that. God is going to make a way. I believe it. The kingdom of God is moving forward and I can't be distracted. If this is your first time here, God is wanting to fill you with His Spirit. He's wanting you to join First Steps. He's wanting you to, to disciple you. God is speaking this morning. And so I want to invite everyone to come to this altar this morning with a fighting attitude to say it's time we stop being on the defense, stop becoming distracted. It's time to move into the offense. God's kingdom is moving forward. We will create disciples. The lost are going to be saved. Whatever it takes, God, whatever I have to sacrifice, whatever I have to put aside, whatever I have to adjust my schedule with, I have to do that because I can't be distracted. I can't become comfortable in the garden because your kingdom is moving forward. God, because we want your kingdom to come and we want your will to be done in this place here this morning. I wonder if someone would have a fighting attitude this morning.